0: I'm very delighted to give a keynote before this distinguished mm. audience. When Fulber Green asked me to give a keynote at the conference, I did not hesitate to a second to say yes. Why? The main reason was to learn more about how scholars in Japan and elsewhere abroad are doing research on diversity. In recent years, my research interests focused on how to do research on diversity. I'm not doing research on diversity, but how to do res- research on diversity. Coming from a post-structuralist-informed standpoint, I tried to conceptualize a new research program, which I call Reflexive Diversity Research Programme. Later on I would like to present my considerations on that and I would be delighted to discuss with you some aspects if you are interested in them. Societies of the so-called Global North are in many ways and increasingly marked by social, cultural diversity. Immigrants have brought with them and develop differing lifestyles, languages, value systems, and religious practices. However, immigration is not the only basis of diversification of the forms of life, of cultural preferences, and norms. Some diversities that were long forced to the background of pu- public social life have become more and more visible, partly due to vocal advocates demanding recognition and equal rights. Many bigger, not only European cities, now have their annual Gay gay Pride or Christopher Street Day Parade. Do you know what this is? Okay. And do you have this in Tokyo already? (laughs) And the diversity of sexual orientations can hardly be ignored in liberal democratic societies. Disabled people have also organized more publicity and increasingly demand visibility and access to all services and resources. International legal frameworks such as the EU anti-discrimination legislation and the UN Convention on the Rights of Persons with Disabilities have enforced their rights to participate in all spheres of social life and put pressure on public institutions to ensure the preconditions of or for inclusion. Finally, the declining relevance of employment and family patterns that were once regarded as a norm, norm exemplifies a broader trend towards diversity. And we talked the morning and in the afternoon about this stuff. The erosion of the standard employment and its possible consequences is also the starting point of our conference today. Because of a more diverse workforce, many organizations, but especially companies, implemented diversity management. Indeed... Female labor market participation has risen considerably in recent years, and growing inflows of foreign workers and investors has made the workforce more diverse. Yet it remains unclear to what extent the conception of work-related diversification will transform the standard employment practices rather than simply adding new forms of work. In addition, it's also unclear how far it is affected by existing patterns and practices. This provokes a question whether the current processes of diversification and its managing change established work practices and to what extent they yield opportunities or risks for business, workers, politics and societies. In fact, for us. Expectations, what diversity means, are often conflicting and the implications of diversification are not always clear. Many scholars argue that well-managed diversity can have a positive influence on motivation, performance and satisfaction of employees, ultimately improving the innovative potential of whole organizations or even societies. Some scholars criticize that more diversity may mean more stereotyping. That means that for instance, women are confronted with the idea that they are expected to be more interested in harmony and peace than men are. Whether diversification of work is perceived as an opportunity or a risk thus depends on a variety of factors. Yet, our understanding of these processes and their diverse implication is still limited, to my view. However, to understand these processes, we have to do a lot of research. To my mind, this conference could be an important starting point for this. By comparing countries and case studies, the conference seeks to lay the ground for a comprehensive empirical picture of the various facets of diversification and how it affects and is affected by established work practices. However, the question of how this research should be done remains. This is an important question because there are not only conflicting ideas about how diversity should work, but also about how research on diversity should be done. In the following... I will suggest that we should do, should not do this either in a positivistic way or in a deconstructive way, but in a reflexive manner. First, I will sketch out the main characteristics of these different positions. After this, I will describe determinants of the reflexive diversity research program. Don't worry, this will not last for a long time. <laughs> Don't worry, be happy. Yes. Third, I will explain the advantages of this af- approach by an example. And finally, I will draw a very brief conclusion. A reflexive approach to diversity research aims to in its research program to overcome in a constructive manner a primarily fruitless confrontation between positivist, functionalist and critical emancipatory so-called positivist, functionalist and critical emancipatory programs. And this is the labeling or wording we use in the German-speaking world. Perhaps you have other words for this contradiction. At the same time, it aims to resolve in a productive manner existing contradictions. In terms of idle types, these two research programs differ in at least three central aspects. They tend to ask positivist functionalist studies adopt mainly a quantitative approach, presumptive, supposing with regard to the different dimensions of diversity that such differences are given or at best barely changeable. They tend to ask whether, and if so, in which configurations diversity can enforce entrepreneurial objectives. Although no single dimension of diversity is considered particularly relevant, such studies tend to focus above all on the big eight. This means the dimensions of race, gender, ethnicity, or nationality, organizational role, fun- of organizational function, age, sexual orientation, mental or physical ability, and religion. In contrast, critical emancipatory studies adopt mainly a qualitative approach systematically questioning and deconstructing the so-called given nature of diversity dimensions. Under this approach, the different dimensions of diversity are regarded as resulting from processes of social construction. Further, and unlike the approach i mentioned before diversity is understood in relational terms in the words of david harrison and hock peng Sing, diversity is the collective amount of differences within a social unit nonetheless with their focus on modern differentiated societies of the global north Many studies identify race, class, and gender as the relevant axis of inequality and seek to establish, using an intersectional perspective, how existing hierarchies of inequality can be removed and or greater societal equality achieved. Thus, in this approach, it is not the business but the equity case that is at the forefront. Reflexive diversity research aims to overcome these contradictionary tendencies. The central research aim of reflexive diversity research is to examine intersectional configurations of diverse dimensions of diversity, their causes, effects, and consequences. The idea is diversity is not given, but is made. And it's interesting to find out why a phen- phenomenon is called diverse or called a dimension of diversity. The aim is thus to investigate simply the not simply the business case or the equity case, but to analyze whether, and if so, which configurations of diversity interact and complement each other intersectionally Under which circumstances and in which ways? It's a very broad idea of questioning. Um, I want to stress. The starting presumption is that dimensions of diversity and in particular, their configurations are historically contingent. Although developed through different societal practices, they can, in fact, operate in a structural manner. They are there, but they are constructed. This can be illustrated by the example of gender, which must be understood both as a process and a structural dimension of diversity. However, and it's important to stress this here, a reflexive approach to diversity research is concerned not simply with social groups and their differentiation or diversification but also for example on the basis of which knowledge how and for what reason specific management concepts are distinguished from others and which dimensions are treated as relevant and on what grounds here Two, the inquiry goes beyond the outcomes of such decision-making processes and their effects and consequences. It includes the very decision-making process itself. Reflexive diversity research follows an intersectional research program. In other words... Not only differences between different dimensions of diversity, but also different connections between and interdependences amongst different forms of diversity are examined in the morning. We had three talks about women, but these women are they do they have an age do they have a family do they have a class? Context and so on. And I, I think this is important to think about the differences between women or men or transgender or so on. This intersectional research program is achieved through using both quantitative and qualitative techniques in a multi method research design. The research results reconstructed in this manner are then subjected finally to a critical reflection which in essence involves three aspects. The first aspect entails a systematic reflection on the researcher's own social and cultural origins, and position in the academic field. This is the introduction Föbel Holtgren did for me, and I had it before in my script, so I skipped it out because you did it already. I think this is very important to make clear who I am if I want to be um, understood. The second aspect entails a systematic reflection on the researcher's own theories, concepts, and methods. This this is why I make clear that I am coming from a past structuralist uh, position. The aim is not intellectual introspection, but the constant analysis of, of, of one's my own research practice also to identify my blind spots. And the third and final aspect entails a systematic reflection on the researcher's own standpoint for their critique. The aim is not an intrinsic critique of one's research practice and observations, but to make ex- ex- explicit the system of evaluation itself. That means the researcher's own premises and hence the limits to the findings on the basis of which critique is exercised. Consequently, the objective is not to cause different positions in diversity research unexpectedly to fall apart or collapse into another. Rather, the idea is to observe these positions in their relative autonomy and at the same time to sound out the relations between them. This is what Michel Foucault called a critical ontology of the present. Following this approach, diversity and its dimension must be understood and studied as relational configurations within and based upon historical concrete relations of power and control, together with their own specific forms and not limiting to the examination simply to the processes by which diversity is constructed, but also to the product of these processes, namely diversity itself. This means we have to have a look at the uh, processes of diversification, their consequences and results, the diversity, and we have to have a look in which manner we are view this, what we call diversity. This means diversity research is part of the research. what does that mean? I want to show you my alma mater. This is Göttingen, the the, the house where the presidential board is active. It's a very uh, uh, old, classic German way to make clear it's an important university. This is Because not only companies but also universities have to respond to a more diverse body of workforce. By programs of internationalization and equal opportunities and measures like open university students, staff and faculty have become more diverse. Or at least we are are talking about the more diverse body of staff and students and uh, faculty. So did the University of Göttingen in uh, 2016. We implemented a diversity policy. We call it policy, not management, because management, it's all about our idea to think about the business case, but we want to talk about the equity case and what is the reason, because the students and the, the professors, they are not very interested to be part of a company, but they want to be... Um, part of a big university to analyze such a diversity management or policy and its measures researchers could count like in the positivist um, functionalist uh, approach how many male and female persons work in which position they could build up a so called leaky pipeline and find out that women could not make the same career like men and we do have this leaky pipeline we have only 25% of female professors moreover researchers could analyze if there is any correlation between the diversity of the faculty and or the student body and the position in research ranking like the times higher education or shanghai ranking this is what we expect could be done in a positivist functionalist studies However, such an approach has been criticized by many constructivist or positivist emancipatory studies. First, they make clear that not all women want to climb the career ladder and therefore the concept of the leaky pipeline is too simple. Second, they highlight that the differences between men and women could be sometimes smaller than between men and men or women and women. I'm I'm sure you know all these arguments. Moreover, by doing ethnographic studies, they deconstruct these differences as such and make clear that they are constructed and therefore contingent in principle. And as you can see in positive functionalist studies, differences are seen as given phenomena, and in constructivist emancipatory studies, these differences are deconstructed as not-given phenomena. Studies in the perspective of reflexive diversity research would combine these perspectives. They are interested in processes of constructing and deconstructing and, and their effects. Researchers are interested in the genealogy, to speak with um, Foucault, of differences and their terminological architecture. So their tran- try to transgress, transgress the highlighting of structures and constructions in positivist functionalist studies and the deconstructing of constructivist emancipatory studies. And I come to the end to a very brief conclusion. Having this in mind, I would like to... Player for doing research on diversity from the perspective of reflexive diversity research. No wonder. Because this program uses not only the advantages of the positivist functionalist and the constructivist emancipatory studies, but also transgresses them by reflecting its own presumptions. I'm pretty sure that the Reflexes diversity program enables us to improve our understanding of diversification processes and their diverse implications. Thanks for your attention.
1: Uh, Hello, and I'm so glad to be here. And it is my great honor to talk to you uh, on the hot subject of Japan today, and I have been working for a newspaper company in Japan for more than 30 years, <laughs> and so I visited so many companies to cover the uh, situation of uh, man and women ration in the companies. and uh, I have been thinking, what has blocked the diversity uh, in Japanese companies? And today I'd like to talk uh, about uh, um, I'd like to talk uh, about uh, domestic work harassment and flexible residues. And the Western scholars often emphasize the bright asp- aspect of the Japanese employment practices. They said that uh, labor and management united together and adjust their requirements with each other on the basis of mutual understanding of each other's interests. Uh, We see such observation in various studies such as flexibility by Ronaldo Doerr. The scholars also looked at the dark side of Japan. They often discussed that excluding women from the work is a habit underlying the Japanese employment practices. These two aspects Bright and dark ones are the different sides of the same coin and that stay in the workplace in Japan. I will discuss today that Japanese women have been used as an invisible cushion, indispensable for maintaining the flexible rigidities, and that we need the new f- fairness and assurance of the right to live, talking into account, uh, taking into account invisible w- work borne by women. Two things have been said regarding the lifetime employment in Japan. One is that full-time employees in Japan are obliged to take order to uh, change positions or locations of work in exchange for a stable employment. And the other, companies adjust employments inside the companies in line with the economic conditions while allowing employment security. Some scholars uh, name is as uh, the Japanese security model. One of the reasons that enabled such an employment security is the status of women. Women have been anchored to take all the roles outside of work, such as domestic works, childcare, caring of the aged and community activities. With a high level of flexibility, such a uh, such a status of women enabled companies to assign posts and working locations to male employees at a company's convenience. The way of working in which companies have a great freedom in asking employees work transfer or overtime work has been possible only with the assumption that employees are not engaged in domestic work or childcare. Then, who take those roles of domestic work or childcare which the society needs definitely. They are women whose name is wife. I call it man with a housewife model to name a way of working of a full-time employee that is uh, unab- enabled by those wives who take all the duties outside of work in the company. Working women uh, in the trouble uh, in the du- sorry in the double bind in a society based on the man with a wife, housewife attached model, their bosses say you are not a standard full time employee if you don 't take overtime work or work relocation At the same time, however, those women suffer a social pressure that says you are not a mature human being if you don 't do good domestic work and child raising. It is such double bind that has been the basis of the Japanese flexibility. Men suffer, too. If he declines the overtime work due to domestic work, child care, or dating with his girlfriend, his boss wouldn't give him a good mark in performance evaluation. His colleagues may cast cold eyes to him, saying he doesn't perform an obligation as an employee, I name it as a domestic work harassment or kajihara. Uh, domestic work means kaji in Jap- Japanese. That's why uh, hara means harassment. And in short, short, in Japanese, a system that puts low value on the domestic work and childcare, and that thus excludes them from the working place. The moral of man in. Fr- in the front women behind the uh, lines was extremely strengthened during the second world war since the 1930s and stayed even in the new society under the newly established constitution that established gender equality in 1945 it has been this norm that has been underlying the personnel management system in japan uh, such a form uh, such a norm has been developed throughout the m- movement uh, of rationalism of production and productivity growth during the 1970s, in which the Japanese experienced so-called uh, so-called uh, oil shock twice. Let me give you an example of Nippon Kōkan or NKK, a major steel company, which Andrew Gordon, a scholar of the labor history, pointed out. NKK had to hold many redundant workers because of rationalization of production and productivity growth in the 1960s and 70s. Although some of male employees resisted against the work transfer to remote locations that would create burden on their families, the company and labor union united together to convince or sometimes threatened threaten those employees to accept the changes, saying it is for our company. In the 1970s and 80s, some cases were brought to the court by male employees working for other companies. They claimed that those orders by the company of overtime, work relocation, a forced uh, timing of pay leave, Uh, Etc. are against the workers' rights and infringement of their private life, but most of them lost this case. Such a norm has been grown in line with a relatively new policy that intended to weaken the labor unions in both the public and private sectors, as seen in the privatization of Japan National Railways in the 1980s, It was not a coincidence that most of employees lost the court cases in the same period. These circumstances also affected the Equal Employment Opportunity Law enacted in 1985. From 1970s and 1980s, there were significant movements to request the establishment of the gender equality law in employment. It was triggered by the International Women's Year Women's Division of General Council of Trade Unions of Japan, Sohyo, said a group of women to create, uh, uh, and, uh, sorry, a group of women to create our own equal employment act, which is a network of women composed of working women and lawyers moving forward. Women's issue were ma- major players who av- advocated establishing the act. The Equal Employment Opportunity Law was the result of these works by women, who had taken full advantage of the external pressure guides, such as the International Women's Year. Unfortunately, however, the newly born law fell in the middle of the strengthening trend of the ruling by companies that obliged full-time employees to take over work or work relocation. This happened in parallel with the weakening of labor unions. Women's Division of General Council of Trade Unions and a Group of Women to Create Our Own Equal Employment Act uh, advocated an establishment of the regulation on working working hours applied to men and women in exchange for abolishment of articles on women's protection. They were, however, beaten by a strong voice from the economic communities that insisted that women should take the same working hours as men rather than establishing such work-hour regulations. As a consequence, the government gradually relaxed articles on women's protection of the labor standard law. Women workers were no, thrown into the long working hours which uh, have been imposed to men workers. It has become difficult for women, uh, full-time employees, to get promotion, as many of them cannot take an overtime work as long as men do. The data, based on research by the Japan Institute for Labor Policy and Training, training demonstrated that uh, companies which require relocation that involves house move have a smaller number of women women managers than those that require no relocation. Uh, Chart uh, one. This this shows that many women were forced to give up being full-time workers and shifted to part-time workers. This movement triggered the rapid increase of the number of non-regular employees in the uh, 1980s. Sorry, this is wrong. 1980s onwards. Chart two shows the change. In 1980s. Uh, Women regular workers consist 67.9% of 67.9% uh, of, regu- of regular workers, but it, did, uh, it, it uh, decreased to uh, 45.6% in uh, 2012 And Next, stabilization of the man with a housewife model. Uh, Chisa Fujiwara, a sociologist, called the year uh, 1985, the first year of women's poverty. This is because in 1985, the shift of women from full-time to part-time started. Fujiwara uh, uh, argued that uh, the Worker Dispatching Act and the Third Insured Person System were enacted in 1985. According to her, these two legal systems, coupled with the relaxation of overtime worker women, caused stabilization of of women's poverty. The Japanese labor law established after the Second World War prohibited the worker dispatching. This was because of the fact that workers cannot exercise their rights as workers as their place place of work is not the same as the places where the employers are located, and therefore that such a work system would easily give birth to extremely bad working conditions. The government started uh, eroding prohibition of the worker dispatching, starting with women professionals. They justified to exempt women professionals from the prohibition of workers' Dispatching, saying such a thing as they are well paid as they are professionals, or these women work, uh, work only in their spare time as they are primarily supported by their husbands who earn the major living resources. As a result, full time women workers in charge of clerical work in the office were gradually replaced by dispatched workers. This change significantly decreased women's opportunity for stable job, and thus women are becoming poorer and poorer without job stability. The third insured-person system is addressed to those women who live on their husband wages earned from their companies and whose annual income is less than 1.3 million yen. In the absence of laws that enforce the equal pay to equal work or comparable worth, it is not unusual that non-regular workers earn only minimum wages. Their annual income at the level is less than 1.5 million yen, uh, even uh, though they work full-time. This gives birth to those people who prefer to work to earn less than 1.3 million yen per year without being obliged to pay the social insurance. In other words, under such circumstances, a number of women may well conclude that they'd be better off being supported by their husbands uh, while taking domestic works and child care rather than working hard to obtain the economic independence. The Equal Employment Opportunity Law worked to expand areas of work for women and increased uh, the number of women who work as good as men. At the same time, however, majority of women workers could not adjust their way of working to the man-with-housewives model. These women just had to take jobs uh, which they may, which they may take alongside of domestic work and child care. Non-regular and unstable job, such as a dispatched work or a part-time job, regular jobs are part-time jobs, are provided convenient opportunity for them. Taking these non-regular jobs, women have no choice but to rely on their husband husbands become, becoming financially independent. Women aside, husbands for financial sources as the third insurance person, rather than becoming financially independent. When the Equal Employment Opportunity Law was enacted, more than 80% of women workers earned less than 3 million yen per year. The ratio has become less than 60% after the years. Uh, but still, it's 60%. That's the point. One must admit that the Fujiwara Well named such year the first year of poverty. As the number of part-time workers increased in workplaces, employers started assigning fundamental roles to them, such as a shopmaster who is a part-time worker. While the level of wages of part-time workers remained at the lowest level, only his or her level of responsibility increased. Against such background, Wisdom of women workers to the discrimination of part-time workers became stronger in the 1990s. As a result, the government amended a law, uh, the law uh, gov- that governs the part-time workers to include an article that prohibits the discrimination against part-time workers. The domestic work harassment continued, underlying the the amended law. Those part-time workers who could benefit the law were required to fulfill the three conditions. They must take the same work as the full-time workers, their contract period must be uh, indefinite, and they must be under the same employment uh, management as the full-time workers. Being under the same employment management means that only those part-time workers who can take work, relocation, or overtime work may benefit from the pa- parity of treatment. Taking into the fact that most of the part-time workers are women who may not take, uh, take uh, work, relocation, or the overtime work due to their responsibility for their families, there are hardly any part-time workers who may benefit from the parity. It is worth noting that even the government revealed the result of the uh, hypothetical calculation that only 1 or 2% of the part-time workers may benefit from the amended law. Other laws follow this logic that justify different treatment of part-time workers depending on the possibility to accept a work relocation or the test of being under the same employment management (coughs) For example, the Article 20 of the Labour Contract Act was amended in uh, uh, 2012 to prohibit undue discrimination between, between workers with fixed and indefinite term contracts. The problem is that the article states that the difference in the working conditions between two classes, uh, workers, may be justified if the range of the change of the place to work is different between them as well as contents and responsibility of work. In other words, working with fixed-term contracts may not be treated equally even though they take the same work and responsibility as those of workers with indefinite term contracts if the unlimited-term employ employees are under the transfer system, but the fixed-term employees are not. One should note that the, to the, uh, th- that the extent to which worker relocation is allowed and any other reasons became uh, a criterion to judge if there is disc- discrimination of not or not. Under uh, hmm? and 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 such laws, a majority of women who cannot change the place of work may not benefit from the law, as they are also responsible for caring families. Japan is known as one of the low-ranking countries in the Gender Gap Index, GGI, issued by, the, by World Economic Forum, which is rare uh, among the industrial c- countries. A major reason of the raw income is in its flexible rigidity. the closet solution, uh, the closet solution. Such a manner to reduce burden on companies by putting on women's shoulders all the work except for the work for companies is, uh, is very simar- similar to the way we use the closet. We call it Oshi unlike the western style bedroom there is no bed in Japanese traditional bedroom instead the Japanese use the futon in daytime the Japanese put the futon in the closet then the room can be used as a living room if you put anything that are not neat or tidy uh, in the eyes is the, uh, in the closet uh, and close its uh, sliding door the room looks nice and clean. We then can take guests in the room. The Japanese women, especially housewives, have been used as the closet of life. The Japanese took it for granted that housewives, very flexible, took roles to take care of everything and anything left in other than work in a company, such as childcare, cooking, and community activities. Men simply couldn't take these roles because of long working hours. It is a mother's fault if her kid runs for deli- delinquency, del- delinquency. It's mother's job to attend meeting or PTA at school, while working mothers who cannot attend our meetings are blamed. If a community decides to watch around a neighborhood to protect children from strangers, it's mother's job to do so. It has been taken for granted that men make decisions on important actions as residents and that men uh, orders the women to execute them. If a woman cannot take the expect role because she is too busy, she is blamed as she doesn't perform women's role. The reason why she is so busy is never investigated or settled at the end by the apology of the women's concerned. Uh, but of the women concerned. People thought that many social problems may be resolved if uh, women flexibly change their lives. A problem of shortage of nursery uh, school is resolved if mother quit jobs because of love for children. And nursing homes for the elders by uh, devotion of wives of their sons and their de- daughters, people thus casted blind eyes to the need of enhancement of social security. Under such an environment, working women flexi- flexibly tried to resolve various consequences of social issues uh, uh, that fell on them, reducing the number of children to give birth to or uh, postponing the childbirth. resigning jobs are examples of these flexible solutions women invented. The vision towards the welfare society set out by the study group of welfare of the Liberal Democratic Party, LDP, the ruling party then, in 1979, right after the second shock, typically represented the thoughts underlying this women closet model. The vision recommended the self-help by individual citizens to improve the social welfare in the era of budget shortage due to the oil shock, unlike the Western model of the welfare system. The vision highly appreciated it as a Japanese value that each family took the social welfare duties and that welfare services provided by companies support the self-help by individuals. People should procure financial sources and insurances from the financial markets by themselves, and seek the state the only, uh, to seek the state and only when they may not uh, be able to fulfill their own, or own welfare requirements. The, the underlying idea of this vision was that women stayed at home to take care of all the welfare of the family, while men worked in com- companies which provided welfare services to their workers. Ronald pointed out in his, in his book, Flexibilities, that one of the main reasons that enabled the small government in Japan was the low-level expenditure on national defense and social welfare. The low level of expenditure of the national defense owes much the Article 9 of the Japanese Constitution that stated that the country shall abandon the war. The low level of expenditure of social welfare, however, was possible because women, instead of government, took a role of closet at home to bear responsibility of the family welfare. Quite a few women were dis- uh, 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 dissatisfied with being a closet, but this feeling did not add up to be the power to overturn the government attitude. This was because the government and society as a whole took it for granted that men financially support, support women who t- uh, financially support women who take a role of a closet and that companies provided welfare programs to support those men full-time workers. There were some people who didn't fall in this scheme such as single mothers. Public programs to assign a job to these people in public organization were there, even though the programs were far from enough. Switch from Strength to Weakness. The Japanese did not have to care for what's inside the closet because whatever in the closet was women's job, not others. The time has changed. Men's wage didn't in- increase as much as before due to the low economic growth after the oil Shock uh, to supplement uh, lack of income. To supplement lack of income, women started taking part time jobs at the low wages uh, which taken care of domestic work and childcare. This gave rise to a a population called part-time housewives. This closet has become full due to an increased work for women to take care of children and aged parents. The policy uh, makers, however, cannot assess the volume of social welfare services needed by the public anymore. The Japanese society... Relied on the uh, convenient, sorry, convenient closet for too long. Thus, the strength of the women closet model has been switched to be the social weakness in the 1990s onwards. Women who want to continue working as a regular full-time employee started postponing the timing to give birth to babies later and later, as they know it. Ex- extremely difficult to, to take child care and full-time job at the same time, this movement accelerated the progress of the de- declining of the birth rate. The year 1989 recorded the historical lowest birth rate of 1.157, which called the uh, 1.57 shock. This was only a uh, beginning of the declining birth rate that followed the population of workforce continued decreasing, uh, which necessitated women's workforce even more than before, uh, coupled with the increase of need for workforce in the service sectors. Women, however, cannot work even though they want to, because the government continued pushing the budget of social welfare law, including nursery homes. The Japanese did not take it as a serious social issue that many women didn't have a choice but to take jobs as non-regular workers who were poorly paid and uh, uh, precarious. The public took it for granted that women's wage may be low as the husband supported women. This notion justified companies to employ women at low wages without introducing the foreign workforce. In the late 1990s, when the level of instability of employment became high after the collapse of the bubble economy, companies started employing a part of young uh, men and those men who support uh, a household as non-regular workers to cut personnel costs. The law was changed in 2004 to make it possible to take labor dispatch in the manufacturing, manufacturing sector the sector, however, has been the major provider of the state stable employment of men. Thus, the in- increase of population who do not have husband providing them with financial support has become a major fo- cause of the poverty of the Japanese society. Additionally, companies started losing the governance to quality management and service quality for customers, because non-regular workers became the majority of the workplaces, and it was getting difficult to communicate with a few regular workers who knew the system of the companies well. For households, it is becoming difficult to come out of poverty, even though wives go out for work to compensate for the revenue decrease of husband. Because, of, because all she could do is to work as a non-regular work at, worker at low wages. Consequently, the Japanese economy, which once enjoyed stru- stru- strong purchasing power of the middle class people, that uh, all the population started being caught in the mire of poverty or deflation. The wave of the women's closet model The women closet model in which women are used as a flexible and convenient buffer who work at a uh, low wage while supporting low-cost welfare system at home made a real problem invisible. The model, therefore, largely delayed the response by the government to the change in society with the decreasing birth rate and aging of population. What can we do for that? The Japanese must put on stable all the things dumped inside that closed and left under responsibility of of men, sought them out to distribute the burden to the three parties of the society, that is, government, men uh, and women, uh, and, I have to add one, companies. In the short time, the society must agree to the drastic shift of the use of the tax to allocate much more than now on the nursery schools and nursery uh, and care, caring facilities uh, for the aged. This implies that government must fundamentally change the budget allocation from the small government model that spends a little on nursery schools to the new model in order to live with a decreasing birth rate and aging of the population. Companies have... Uh, roles to play too. They must change its personnel management from the man with a housewife model that are uh, based on the false de- assumption that women can take any and all the roles outside of work <laughs> to the reduction of working hours per days and co- correspondence reduction of work volumes. Uh, I want to stress uh, that working at reducing per day's hours And taking these actions, we may reduce public spending in many aspects of the social welfare system, for example, reduced opening hours of nursery schools. It is needed in the mid- mid to long-term to create industry policies that would create uh, industries in which workers may live by working eight hours a day. For example, unit cost of labour of truck drivers decreased in the transportation sector because of the harsh uh, uh, competition arisen from the market deregulation policy by the Koizma administration started in 2001. The drivers drivers cannot take care of children as they must uh, work for long hours to support living to earn, to support family. This example well. Demonstrate that unlimited competition policy went against the good balance between work and life. Women would have time longer than now to take the paid work if do the if do if we do following, companies take costs to release men worker, workers workers uh, from, uh, from sorry from long workers hours, then men may take their share of unpaid work at home, which were put on women alone, and at the same time, the government provides public services to take some of the unpaid domestic work taken by women. If women earn money that do now, men may earn less to support family. Thus, we'll have longer time to take domestic work and child care. A positive cycle will start running. The Japanese major challenge is to switch the society based on flexible rigidities to the new paradigm of the flexibility based on fairness and welfare addressed to those workers who are raising children. Thank you very much for your interest in the major challenge of Japan. Thank you.